Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Back here for another edition of the Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. As always, we try to share a useful nugget of information or two with you folks, and hopefully you'll find a useful nugget in here this week as we talk about the market. Big surprise. <laughs> Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good. Where did that idea come from? I don't about know. About talking about the market. That's kind of weird. Crazy, right? I must be on the, <laughs> yeah. I must be on the crazy pills or something. Something's going uh, on. I'll tell you what. Well, <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of just talk about from the standpoint of you know, like the next crash, because everybody just seems to be lately really obsessed with this conversation. And part of it got kicked up for me, Mike, to have this this chat with you. I was talking with another gentleman who uh, does a show, and he was telling me that he had a client come in recently that was like, I want to pull everything out of the market ASAP because I know, mm-hmm. you know, a recession's coming. And he's like, well, you know, where are you getting your sources from? And, and it was like literally one news source. Like it was mm-hmm. one channel that this person watches religiously. And I won't say which one it is, just to stay yeah. fair. But it's inevitable, and really this kind of leads me to this thing. It's inevitable that we are going to have a market crash at some point. And so if you were to have a client come in, or how do you even respond to these kinds of situations when someone's convinced the sky is falling based on the news? Yeah, and that happens. It, it's uh, And you don't always hear about it when someone does have that thought. You know, it's the question that's not asked that's the most uh, dangerous one, but when people do ask me, what do I think about the market? Do I think there's going to be a crash? My answer is always, absolutely, there's going to be a crash. I just can't tell you when. Right. And um, so when you're thinking about being an investor, the first thing you've got to consider is what your level of risk comfort is and build a portfolio to that kind of risk level. So yeah, is it inevitable? It is inevitable. It is going to happen. And you won't get a warning. There's not going to be a one, two, three, ready or not. Here it comes. <laughs> Boy, that would <laughs> be know, nice, which, though, wouldn't it? And yeah, it would be nice. Uh, but you know, then it wouldn't be a, a crash right, uh, because right. it, we'd react in a different way to overcome that sort of thing. But you know, the the crash when it does happen doesn't happen in one day necessarily. Uh, right, there have right. been really short crashes in our lifetime. Uh, the '89 crash was really short. The '87, you know, just four months to recover. But there's the longer ones that you say as it starts like in october of 2007 and you start to have these declines and and usually led by one big day that scares everybody right and then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost but uh you wonder you know are we in a crash or are we not in a crash yeah. i don't want to jump yeah. out too quick yeah. uh, and then when it is in and there's all kind of emotions, of course, and when it's in full decline and everybody's capitulating and, and they're jumping out, well, the thought probably runs through your mind is, are we at the bottom? I'm getting ready to jump out before I get the upswing. Yeah, so right, right. Those are things that run through our minds and our emotions are crazy at times uh, when those are going on. And I mean, even the best investment coach in the world has doubts. It runs through your mind. Am I doing the right thing here? Is it 
different this time? That's a big question that runs through people's minds. So, well, and yeah, I think, we're going to have another crash. You know, and, and it got me to thinking about that. And, and I like where you brought up the fact that, you know, yeah, something's going to happen. So how are you set up? How is your plan set up? How is your risk tolerance to be able to handle it? It also reminded me of another question that we'd gotten a couple of weeks ago where somebody was like, I don't really know who I'm going to want to vote for in the next election. I don't think I'm going to like either candidate and mm-hmm. I should try to pick somebody based on what's going to do the best for me financially. And I thought same thing. It's like, how many administrations do you think you're going to go through in retirement? It's going to be more than just <laughs> one. So, yeah. you know, so it's like you should have a plan that you're working on that, you know, should be somewhat neutral to no matter who's in office and no matter what's going on with the market. Obviously there's extreme circumstances in every situation, but by general, by rule, that really shouldn't be the main focus, especially as you're getting close to retirement, right? Like the, what the market does daily should not be, if it's that big of a concern every day, then maybe you definitely are not in the right plan for you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Interestingly, I had a client call, uh, last week, I think it was, um, she's 90 years old oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, a sharp lady. And, um, she's, let's say she's been in the party that's not in power in the executive branch right now and, uh, <laughs> okay. her whole life. And there was a time when I would identify with the party that is in control of the Senate right now, but no longer. And so she was just asking me, you know, uh, you are a Republican, aren't you? I said, well, no, I'm really not. I'm an independent because I think all of them are idiots, but <laughs> right. and out for themselves for the most part. Not I think, I think we can, I think we can all agree to that for the most part as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not talking politics yet, nope. but nope. at any rate, uh, she was just asking me what I thought about the president. And I said, well, you know, he's different. He is not a politician. He's a businessman. But I'll tell you what, he's, he's exactly the same as every other president we've had. And that's that he has some ideas about what he wants to do to make this country operate most efficiently in the way that will be positive for the citizens of the country and all that sort of thing. I mean, that's what you want to believe about all the presidents and that that's, that's what they're about. And, right. but they go about it different ways. And this guy's not a diplomat. He's definitely, he's a no, businessman. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. rough around the edges. I, yeah. I got into that conversation with somebody the other day and it was like, look, I'm not inviting the man over for dinner. You know, I don't, I don't, <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want to so go bowling with him. In you light know? of that, uh, you know, he's going to do some things that you might say, I don't know if if this is working or not it's but you know you got to give it time to see if it does because quite frankly the diplomatic way hasn't necessarily accomplished everything that those other presidents wanted to accomplish whether they right, were from right. one party or the other so you know that's going to have some impact and I clearly remember several different, in fact, it's come up already this time about the coming election, but usually within a year, and it's usually a little closer to the actual time when you're going to go pull the levers, I'll get a a question or two from somebody that says, hey, do you think we ought to get out of the market before this next election in case so-and-so gets elected or reelected or whatever? Well, it was with the Mark Cuban thing when he got elected the first time here, where he's like, the market's going to crash tomorrow, and it didn't. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that's the thing I, I tell them. I say, you know, I mean, do you have some information that nobody else has? I mean, I'm I'm not aware of anybody that knows what's going to happen if so-and-so gets elected or doesn't get elected. And, you know, I, I had that happen with the 2012 election. And I say that one because 
in the 2013 time period, right after that, we had the greatest year we'd had in decades after somebody won who somebody was afraid that if they did win an election, right, it would destroy right. the market. Right. So you just, you never, never know. know. Yeah, there yeah. is no well, correlation well, and 17 as well, right? power and what the market does. S- 17 wound up being a, an amazing year too. You know, we had the election in 16 and, yeah. and 17 winds up. So same kind of thing in some ways. Well, okay. So exactly. let me jump to this last question on this because I think this ties in with mm-hmm. what we were just saying so why do so many people find they seem to feel like there's only two extremes there's either i got to take it all out mike and, and go in cash you know or they're totally like everything's in the market either people seem to be all in or all out and i don't understand those extremes when there's a lot of different things you can do in the middle mm-hmm. yeah and that goes back to the risk tolerance question because most people are not so conservative that they want to have everything in cash and under a mattress and that kind of stuff. And most people are not such that they want to put all their money in penny stocks or something like that. So there's, those are the extremes, you know, be crazy about it, be so conservative that you can't make any money. You're actually probably losing money even before you consider taxes and inflation. So, you know, there's the way where you, you want to go with this thing is to measure what your level of comfort is with different kinds of market activity. And you can do that with some different uh, questionnaires and things like that. But once you've kind of established where you are, then you build a portfolio around that level of risk. And it has to do with standard deviation and some measurements like that, where you can make sure that, number one, you're diversified globally, right. you're covering all the asset classes, you're tilting toward those that produce a premium return historically, not that you're falling into those asset classes to the exclusion of others or reducing certain things you ought to be in just so you can get heavier and small in value stocks and things like that. But you you tilt toward it and you lean toward those things. Once you've got that built, then you just stick because if you look at the market, it's hard to predict when it's going to go down and it's hard to predict when it's going to go up. So you got to stay in it on the downside to get the upside. And if you're rebalancing periodically, what are you doing? Your discipline of buying things when they're low and selling things when they're high through the market. And so you're lowering your cost. And when it comes back, it usually comes back fast and you have an exponential increase in the things that you've been buying so cheap. So it's, it's a good idea just to stay diversified, stay steady, keep on the track that you know you need to be on. I'll I'll tell you a story about a guy, uh, Harry Dent. One of my favorite prognosticators in the world, Harry Dent, uses demographics to make his predictions about what the market's going to do. And um, I saw him on a program one time where he made the comment, this is after the 2008 crash. And he said, you know, we called the 2008 crash. And the interviewer said, you did. When did you do that? I I don't recall it. He says, yeah, we called it in 1989. (laughs) I thought, are you serious? You really want to say that? That you're going to tell people to get out of the market for 30 years (laughs) to to avoid a crash? Yeah, that's you can't believe this stuff. That's that's pretty funny. I, I think that's. I think those are some good points. And I tell you, Mike, I, I think I'll leave us with a, an interesting thought and we'll wrap up this podcast for this week. So I'll surmise okay. this by saying for the market crash, folks, 
when is one coming? No one knows. Really, I kind of wanted to do this podcast around the fact of where you're getting your information from that may or may not get you worked up. Might give you some great points about how to think about diversification. So to be able to handle a market downturn regardless or an administration that's in power regardless and your plan is working. The saying goes, if you have a plan and you work the plan, the plan will work for you. But you have to be mm-hmm. willing to you know, put some effort in there. But let me, finish, let me just send us off with this little thought. I was having a chat with a gentleman and he made a great point to say, who would have thought that in a day and age when we're constantly talking about making sure you're diversified with your portfolio, that you might also want to make sure you're diversified with your news sources, because just listening mm-hmm. to any one channel, you know, may send you down a path you don't want to go emotionally because every channel, unfortunately, seems to have a slant. Some are left, some are right. And so maybe do some other things. Look at Bloomberg, look at Wall Street Journal, look at some different places other than just maybe one particular major news source because that tends to be where a lot of, I think, of this uh, worry comes from. So I thought that was an interesting point, that we should diversify our news you know, as well as diversify our portfolio. Because who would have thought it, right, mm-hmm. Mike? Who would have thought that we would not be able to turn to one news channel for good, you know, accurate unbiased you know reporting but that doesn't happen anymore it's mm-hmm. a it's a weird world we it live doesn't in. so it interesting really food is. for thought and hopefully that helps you out with the strategic planning uh gives you some things to think about we try to talk about the normal things that do affect us in retirement planning but we try to look in some different ways here on the podcast so Hopefully you enjoyed this uh, this episode this week. If you do have some questions, if you do have some concerns, if you want to talk about rebalancing or you want to talk about how to make sure that uh, you'll be able to ride a little more smoothly and not stress so much, give Mike a call or come in and talk with him at Strategic Planning Corporation. He serves us here in the Carolinas, 336-668-4338. Your number to call for a complimentary review, 336-668-4338. And as always, go check him out online at S spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. While you're there, subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Google or whatever podcast platform you choose and share us with uh, friends. We'd appreciate that very much. Mike, thanks for your time, buddy. I hope you have a great week. Thank you. I hope you do too, Mark. And thanks so much for uh, all the good thoughts today. That was, some, that was a good idea there at the end about the diversification of news resources. I think so too. And I think uh, I always enjoy talking with you. I always learn something new. So uh, remember folks, reach out to Mike, have a conversation here on Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.